0: But you never thought you'd see that in church, did you? <clears throat> hey, welcome everyone. Good to see you this morning. If you're watching us online, we're so glad you're joining us today. Uh, wherever you are, and those of you in the concourse, overflow, thanks for being here at Central Church today. Um, before I start, I, th- I think we'd be amiss this morning if we didn't stop and pause and pray for what's happening in Israel and the Middle East. Um, even though Jesus told us there'd be wars and rumors of wars, and we knew that uh, the hot spot was the Middle East, uh, it still hurts when uh, a thousand people die in a conflict like that. So let's, let's pray this morning if you join me. Lord, as we think about children, teens, women, men uh, losing their life uh, as a result of this conflict, we are grieved and we know that you are grieved even more with the loss of life. And so, Lord, we're asking in your mercy you would intervene, that you would, um, Lord, spare life, uh, God, that you would give Uh, leaders, temperance, and wisdom to make wise choices that would preserve life and not take life. We pray, Lord, that whatever can be worked out, um, God, to uh, end this conflict, that it would come speedily. Uh, Lord, that it wouldn't linger on and and cause more death. But Jesus, that you would step in, that your love would break in, um, God, and that we would see an end to this. And uh, we just pray comfort today for the families that have lost Children, siblings, uh, parents, grandparents, um, Lord, be with them today as they, as they grieve this unnecessary loss in their lives. In Christ's name, amen. All right, as you saw, we, we are continuing a series that's called That's a Great Question. Uh, The purpose of the series is to help those of you that are Christians understand cultural topics from a biblical perspective. So you could step into a conversation with someone and say, this is what I believe and this is why I believe it related to certain issues. And uh, so every week we take a question and try to answer that question. And the question this week is, would Jesus smoke weed? Let's pray. Lord, help us to understand this topic. Help us to, to navigate this cultural issue well to be the church, uh, the light and salt of the earth uh, as we go through our day. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So let me begin just, just by saying this. I, I, um, I, we live in complicated times, you know that, and I certainly do not have all the answers. So week after week, I or, or one of our, our staff teaching team, we step up here and we, we address a topic. Um, I don't have the, all the answers to this one. I, I'm trying to search the scriptures and help us as the church be the voice of truth in the world. A world, a culture that's gone wild. A culture that's that's getting further and further out of control. Further and further away from, from biblical morality and God's plan. And yet, yet we have the ability to be a voice of reason and a voice of truth in the midst of that chaos. So it's just my attempts, our attempts to dig into scripture, and it's very imperfect, but, but hopefully it'll give you a platform upon which maybe you can do further study or, um, or at least step into a conversation and talk to somebody about these issues. I, I'm, I'm going to address the issue of recreational marijuana use, not medical marijuana use today, and there's a big difference. So doctors are discovering that there are several um, uh, health benefits to CBD, which is the, the non um, Uh, psychoactive or or part of cannabis that gives us a high. Uh, There there, there seem to be some real positive qualities of the cannabis plant that can be used medically. I'm not addressing that today. I'm talking about the recreational use of marijuana. Uh, And so we'll we'll jump into that in a second. As I was um, just thinking about teaching on this, and we always have a question, I started wrestling with what what, what are some possible questions that we could use for this, like, like disciples and doobies. Like, could we start there? Or, or worshipers and wacky weed? Um, or, or ministry and Mary Jane? Like, where, where are we going to go with that? Uh, or my favorite, what would Jesus do at 4.20 p.m.? But I knew a lot of you wouldn't get that last one. Um, only us druggies probably understand that one. So <laughs> um, uh, my, my communications team said, dude, just, just keep it simple. Like, would Jesus smoke weed? That, that's probably the easiest way to go. And so... Um, I've smoked marijuana uh, more than once, several times. Um, uh, unlike Bill Clinton, I inhaled. And so I, <laughs> I understand the experience of being high on marijuana. Um, I'm not proud of that. It's actually really embarrassing to stand up as a pastor in front of a church and say that that's part of my story. But it's part of my story. Um, it's part of what... Sorry. It's part of what Christ saved me from. Therefore, it's important to share our story. It's important to be honest and authentic about who we are and where we've come from and what Christ has saved us out of. And that's, that's part of my story um, r- related to this, this topic. Um, I want to address this topic for a number of reasons. I think it's important. The first is this. 12% of adults in the United States uh, use marijuana. 12 percent. That's like one out of every eight or nine adults in our country. There's there's eight or nine people in your row right now. Just look down and then point to the person you think is smoking marijuana. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, don't don't do that. But it but it does it does raise the issue of stereotype doesn't it? Like, like the stereotypical pot user, pot user used to be like the guy, the long-haired guy with t- tattered jeans and, and sandals, like, dude, right? Like that was the guy. That's not the case anymore. It, it crosses every demographic. I was in California a few years ago, and I walked out of a sporting goods store, and I was going to cross the parking lot. There was a, a really nice Mercedes-Benz sunroof open uh, and pot smoke billowing out of the windows and the sunroof. And I was going to go one way, but I wanted to see who it was <laughs> in the car. So I walked right by the car, no lie, two 60-something-year-old ladies dressed to the nines, <laughs> at, probably smoking a doobie at lunch or something like that. And I'm going, whoa, I didn't expect to see you here doing that. I expected a couple of teenagers, you know, whatever. But that's the new normal is people you would never know, the folks that, that smoke marijuana. So, so 12% of adults. U.S. adults are using marijuana. 44% of college students have smoked marijuana in the last 12 months. Okay, we got a lot of college students in here. I love y'all, but I really love college students because it was in college that my life got transformed. And so we've got Christian kids struggling with this, dabbling in this. Almost half of the college population uh, in the last 12 months has, has used pot. I want our college students to find the best God life they possibly can. It needs to be addressed uh, for those that may be having questions about this or whatever. 10% of our youth, ages 12 to 17, our middle school and our high school kids, have used pot in the last 12 months. And, And don't fool yourself, these are kids from Christian families. These are not just kids that don't know the way. These are kids in church. These are kids in your families. Uh, Kids are starting to experiment with that. Um, That's that's an issue that we as the church need to address. We need to step into that and talk truthfully about about this issue. Maybe the most important reason I I want to address this issue is because as a church and as Christian parents, we used to be able to hide behind the fact that it was illegal. Marijuana was illegal, right? Right? So your, your kids says, hey, well, why is it wrong? It's illegal. You, you, you can't, it's against the law. Okay, last time I checked, 23 states had decriminalized marijuana. Uh, we, can, we can no longer hide behind the it's illegal reason for not doing fine. In fact, that's a blessing because what it's forcing us to do is it's forcing us to dig into the scriptures and say, hey, wait, why is, is marijuana morally right or morally wrong? Why, what does the Bible say about this issue so I can teach my kids the the reality of what God says about this. You know, it's illegal isn't what God says. That's what man says. And so we need to be able to to, to teach people in our lives that don't understand this, what what the Bible actually says about this. When when, when Christians want to justify uh, recreational marijuana, there's, there's a couple of reasons. One of them is they say this. It's natural. It's a plant. God created it. And God created it for our consumption. And I say, yes, 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 yes. But let's go back and look at the story. Let's look in Genesis chapter 1 at what God actually said. God said, let the land produce vegetation. Seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. God did create it. Uh, The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. God called it good, everything that he created, all the plants, trees, shrubs that he created. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. I would enlarge that to consumption. So did God create the cannabis plant? Yes, he did. Did he create it for our consumption? Let's assume that he did, okay? The question with plants and trees like this is not whether we use them, but how we use them. Are we using it according to God's intended use, or are we using it for something else? Okay, so God created poisonous mushrooms. Are you all going to eat them? Probably not. That wasn't the intended use. There's some use for for poisonous mushrooms in the ecosystem. I I didn't research it. I don't know what it is. But God created them, and there's a use for them. And there's a use for cannabis. God gave us the gift of sex. And sex needs to be used in the the God-intended context, which is in in the marriage context, right? Right? If it's used in that context, it's, it's wonderful and it's appropriate. If it's used outside of that context, a context God didn't intend, it creates all kinds of problems, okay? And cannabis or marijuana is no different. What, what, is, what is God's intended use for marijuana? Let's, let's align ourselves with his purpose. So the question I want to ask this morning is this. What biblical challenge does marijuana create? Why is it right or wrong? Well, if, if we say that it's, it's, it's right... What are the challenges with that decision? If we say that God created, it's natural, we should be able to do it, no different than alcohol. Okay, are there challenges from the Bible to that perspective? And so that's where I want to go this morning. And, and uh, the first challenge are, are physical challenges. There are physical challenges to the issue of Uh, recreational marijuana use. Scripture says over and over that our bodies as Christians are the the temple or the, the house in which the Holy Spirit lives. And therefore, we are to take care of our bodies. We are to be good stewards of our bodies and our health. We're not to intentionally do things that are adverse to good health, whether that's mental health, physical health, or whatever. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we need to, we need to take care of them. 1 uh, first, uh, first Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. God bought you with a high price, so you must honor or glorify God with your body. That's a command. Take care of your body. Honor God with the way you take care of your body, whether it's food or rest What you eat, how you exercise, how you take care of your body is important to God because he's given you a gift and you're a steward of that that gift. So don't do anything that's gonna cause health issues. So as we look at the issue of marijuana, let's talk about lung health for a second. The American Lung Association's bottom line warning is clear. Smoking marijuana clearly damages the human lung. Now let me stop there for a second. I'm gonna have a number of references from different people and organizations. You might wanna get your phone out if you like to research stuff and just take a picture of who the reference is and maybe go back and read that article later if you'd like to. If you don't want to, you don't have to. All right. The American Lung Association's bottom line warning is clear. Smoking marijuana clearly damages the human lung. And regular use leads to chronic bronchitis and can cause immune-compromised people to be more susceptible to lung infections, okay? Now, that's talking, there's two ways we ingest marijuana. One is by smoking it through marijuana cigarettes called joints or pipes. Uh, Another way that we ingest it is with what's called edibles. You just mix it into food like brownies or cookies and then you eat it. So this is clearly talking about marijuana that's being smoked, okay? That it's having an effect on your lungs. Let's, let's look at the, uh, the, the heart health. The American Heart Association, Association recommends that people not smoke or vape any substance, including cannabis products, because of the potential harm to the heart, lungs, and blood vessels. The American, American Heart Association, American Lungs, those aren't Christian organizations. They're not biased biblically here. They're just science. So the American Heart Association believes that marijuana use may be linked to an increased risk of heart attack, atrial fibrillation, tachycardia, ventricular contractions, ventricular arrhythmias, and heart failure. Further, despite the claims of some advocates, the American Heart Association sees no cardiovascular benefits associated with marijuana use. Heart issues, physical physical heart issues. Again, this would be smoking marijuana, uh, not just eating it through edibles. Okay? Let's talk about brain health for a second, because it not only affects the lungs and the heart, but it affects the brain. The studies linking impaired brain development with young recreational marijuana users are too numerous and conclusive to ignore. Dr. Jody Gilman has shown that marijuana use is associated with brain abnormalities in young pot users. Uh, This is not talking about smoking marijuana. This would be applicable to either smoking or eating because now it's not going through the lungs. It's not affecting the heart through the bloodstream. Now we're just talking about the brain uh, and the effect that it has on the brain and especially in young people, we're finding that before the brain is fully developed, this is impeding progress. This is affecting the development of the brain in young people. All right, there's not only physical challenges but there's mental challenges. Uh, Studies have indicated that marijuana use, especially among young people, contributes to mental health challenges. We are in a mental health crisis right now. Did you know that? I mean, COVID really brought it out and and surfaced it. But, I mean, the the numbers are staggering in terms of how many people now are struggling with mental health issues, particularly young people. In 2002, scientists from New England found that people, New Zealand, had found that people who had uh, used marijuana... Uh, by the age of 15, we were four times more likely to be diagnosed with schizophrenia form disorder and depression by the age of 26. Our kids are already struggling with depression. Why are we enhancing that with marijuana use in their lives? Going on, using marijuana five times or more <clears throat> increased the risk of psychotic disorders by a factor of almost seven. It says a lot about me, doesn't it? Because <laughs> I, I definitely used it more than five times. while while another showed that teenage marijuana use tripled the risk of late-onset psychosis, uh, mental health issues. Here's one that you probably would already recognize, and psychologists have also determined that regular marijuana use has a negative effect on personal ambition or motivation. Doctors and psychologists call it a motivational syndrome, and it's been proven to correlate with regular marijuana use. In other words, the longer you use marijuana, the less you want to do in life. Uh, you're less motivated. You, you want to get high, you want to party, you want to play video games, you don't want to get a job, you don't want to go out and be responsible, you just want to play, right? And the longer we use that, this, this, this um, syndrome, uh, of, of motivational syndrome that, that you lose your apathy. I mean, you gain apathy, you, you lose your, your drive in life. The Bible has a lot to say in the book of Proverbs about laziness, did you know that? Laziness is not wanting to work, not wanting to get out there and be responsible and do something, and that's exactly what marijuana produces in the long-time user. They get more and more apathetic and less motivated to get out and make a difference in their lives. So there are physical challenges To marijuana use, there's mental challenges, and I really want to focus in the last few minutes on the spiritual challenges, the spiritual challenges of marijuana. The first is the challenge of addiction, the challenge of addiction. Studies show that 9% of adults, that's about 1 out of 10 or 11 adults, and 17% of adolescents, that's 1 out of 6, who use marijuana develop an addiction to it. Now, the Bible clearly warns about addictions of any kind. You, you can set marijuana aside. Food addiction, sex addiction, pornography addiction, alcohol addiction, it doesn't matter. The, the Bible says that we are not to be enslaved to anything except Christ. So in Galatians chapter 5, <clears throat> excuse me, verse 1, Paul says it was for freedom, <clears throat> excuse me, If some of you millionaires would just contribute to the building fund, I'd only have to preach like twice a weekend. We could make make this place so... Ushers, would you grab the buckets real fast? We're We're just gonna take a real quick offering, get this thing done today, get this thing built, right? All right. It was for freedom that Christ set us free freedom from sin and freedom from the law. Therefore, keep standing firm in your freedom and don't be subject again to a yoke of slavery. It was for freedom that Jesus came and set you free. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came that you would walk in liberty and not bondage, amen? So why are you going to subject yourself to something that could lead to to slavery and addiction? We know alcohol does, we know other things do, and we know that to some degree, marijuana does. Um, 1 Corinthians 6.12, Paul says, you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. Again, just reiterating that point. We're not to subject ourselves to slavery of any kind. When you begin the journey of marijuana, you are potentially subjecting yourself to slavery. It is addictive. Now, I have to be honest and say this. The numbers indicate that it's not that addictive. There are other things that are, that are more addictive, okay? But it is addictive. But it's not the most addictive thing in the world. So, so my, my, my thought here is what if, what if your kids come to you and say, um, I only let's say they're old enough, I only do this two or three times a month. I'm not addicted. Do you have any other reasons for discouraging them from marijuana use? We, we can't just stand on it's illegal, and now we can't just stand on, well, because you could get addicted. Most people don't get addicted. So so I think we have to go a little bit deeper even than this first challenge, the challenge of addiction. Because everybody, if we're honest with numbers and statistics, everybody doesn't get addicted. But it could happen. And so we should discourage on the fact that why are you going to subject yourself to something that could lead to slavery or could lead to addiction. But, But number two, the challenge of drunkenness. This is another reason to not participate. There's a challenge related to drunkenness. Marijuana is a mind-altering drug. The two most significant cannabinoids in cannabis are delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol, which is THC, and and cannabidiol, CBD. It's the THC chemical in cannabis that causes the psychoactive effects, the feeling of being high. The feeling of, the euphoric, <clears throat> excuse me, feeling that accompanies the use of marijuana. That's from the THC chemical in cannabis. <clears throat> For the most part, people who are under the influence of marijuana, people who are high as a result of smoking or, or eating marijuana, have altered uh, sensory perceptions and changes in their moods and changes in their mental states. Clumsiness and impaired coordination, Okay. Marijuana with THC produces the same symptoms as drunkenness with alcohol. Okay, how do we know that? Well, let's look at the Mayo Clinic's definition of drunkenness or intoxication. Mayo Clinic says intoxication may include inappropriate behavior, unstable moods, poor judgment, slurred speech, problems with attention or memory, and poor coordination. That's the exact same list we just read related to use of marijuana. The same symptoms are present. So you, if you step into marijuana use with THC, you're stepping into drunkenness. You're stepping into the same um, symptoms that are present with a person that is, is drunk with alcohol. So, so what are some of the symptoms of that? Well, since, since 2014, when, when uh, marijuana was legalized in Colorado, uh, the average number of deaths or fatalities by auto accidents went up by 75 per year. 75 more deaths by auto accident, which is contributed, and they're, they're finding there's no other reason for it except people are driving under the influence of marijuana. And that's raised the death toll in, in auto accidents by 75 per year. That's the Journal of, American, uh, Journal of the American Medical Association, those, those statistics. So being, being uh, high on pot is no different than being drunk with alcohol. It's, it's the same effect. Now I'm going to say this related to, to, to pot and alcohol. There are people that like the taste of alcohol. I don't, but, but people tell me they do. They like the taste of wine. They're, they're, they like different wines. There are people that like the taste of beer. There are people that like the taste of alcohol with food. They'll, they'll even have a certain type of wine with a certain type of food that, that seems to complement each other or, or go together, combo, right? Nobody ever said, I love the taste of smoking pot, ever. No one in the history of the world. It, it's awful. We, 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 we do not smoke pot for the taste. The, the other thing is um, you, you can sit down and have a glass of wine or a beer and not feel the effects of that. Not so with marijuana. You take two or three hits off that doobie, you feel the effects. You f- That's why we do it. And We do it to get high. We don't do it because it tastes good. We don't do, do it because we like it with certain foods. We like to get high. That's the reason we do it. And again, I'm separating medical marijuana use with recreational marijuana. Why do we use recreational marijuana? We like the euphoric feeling that it gives us. Organizations say that the effects of drunkenness with alcohol are the same effects as getting high on marijuana. So, so how do we justify the reality of drunkenness with marijuana as Christians? Because here's what the Bible says in Ephesians 5.18, don't get drunk with wine. Drunkenness is outlawed in the Bible. So how do we get around that? We, We are getting high in order to get drunk. All right, number three. The third challenge is the challenge of sensuality, the challenge of sensuality. There's two important words. There's more than that, but two I want to highlight. In Galatians chapter 5, when Paul talks about the sins of the flesh or the desires of the flesh. Let's read that, Galatians 5, 19 and 20. Now, the deeds or the sins of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, sexual immorality, impurity. And then there's the word sensuality, idolatry. I'm going to touch on that later. But, and then that next word is sorcery, sensuality, And sorcery are are listed as sins of the flesh, desires of the flesh that that Paul says we are not to walk in. Sensuality is is being driven by our physical senses. It's, It's exactly what it sounds like, senses, sensuality, living to please our physical senses and desires. Marijuana creates the desire to indulge in sinful fleshly desires, including sexual ones. In fact, marijuana stimulates and heightens those, those physical desires, like eating and doing other things that I won't talk about right now. Um, the, the, um, Ephesians 4.19 says, Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over. Say given themselves over. Given control of themselves over to sensuality, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity... And they are full of greed. The the high from marijuana causes us to give ourselves over to the desires of the flesh. That's called sensuality. We we like the euphoric feeling. We like the sensation. We like how it heightens our senses. We like that feeling. And when we begin to partake of that, that's called sensuality. That's one of Paul's words in Galatians chapter 5. Uh, Christian website says this, when the Bible speaks of sensuality, it implies a loss of control over one's passions and evil desires. The sensual follow the sinful desires of the flesh without boundaries or restraint. Marijuana leads to a loss of self-control or self-restraint over our physical desires. The Bible says we are to put to death the desires of the flesh, not stimulate them. So, so sensuality, in, in a sense, when you step into that realm, you are intentionally doing something the Bible says not to do, and that is to heighten your sensation and your, your, your fleshly desires and then losing the self-control to resist those. Let's talk about the word sorcery uh, in, that, in that text. It, it's sometimes translated witchcraft, sorcery or witchcraft. The, the Greek word there is pharmakia pharmakia. What does that sound like? Pharmacy. And what's in a pharmacy? Drugs. And that's exactly what this word references. It has to do with drug use. Drug use to create an altered state of mind. There, There were mystery cults in Paul's days that would, that would get, get stoned on opium or, or, or other hallucinatory uh, uh, drugs. They'd get high in order to have some kind of, of elevated mental or spiritual experience. It was like this, this spiritual worship experience as they, as they got high and began to hallucinate um, mind-altering drugs to find a new level of spiritual euphoria. Paul prohibits this type of experience. Paul prohibits um, uh, pursuing a high that's going to give you this euphoric kind of emotional, spiritual, or mental experience in life. Marijuana involves both sensuality and pharmakia, mind-altering drugs. Uh, Galatians 5 directly addresses both of those issues and says we need to stay away from that. Those are the desires, the works of the flesh. And the last thing I want to mention is the challenge of idolatry. Not only the challenge of addiction and the challenge of drunkenness and the challenge of sensuality. Those all challenge us biblically. But then the challenge of idolatry. Idolatry is trying to find satisfaction in life apart from God. It's it's searching for meaning. It's searching for fulfillment. It's trying to fill the hole in our life. It's trying to complete what's missing in our life without God, trying to discover meaning and purpose and satisfaction apart from God. Here's what Acts 17 says. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples, and human hands can't serve his needs because God has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything. God's the author of life. God's the creator of life. But he's not only the creator of life, he satisfies every need in life. God didn't only want to to create you, but he wanted to be the source of your fulfillment, purpose, and satisfaction and joy in life. He, he He wanted to be the sole reason that you find purpose and meaning in life. He wanted to be the one that you turn to to find those things in life. God is the source of life. Idolatry is putting our trust in something other than God to help us with our challenges. It's looking to something besides God to help us get through hard times, to get us through our fears and our anxieties and our disappointments and our grief and sorrow and all of those things. It's looking to something other than God, trusting something else to meet the needs of our lives. It's called idolatry. It's creating an idol to take the place of God in our lives. God says we are to trust in him. So David says in Psalm 56.3, when I am afraid, when I'm anxious, when I'm whatever, I will put my trust where? In God. Not in alcohol, not in drugs, not in food, not in people even, but in God. God alone is my source of satisfaction, fulfillment, and purpose. Uh, Proverbs 3.5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean or depend on your own understanding so so anything we use to escape our problems other than god is idolatry anything we look to to get us through hard times apart from god is idolatry we we are bowing down searching power in something other than god to help us get through life medicating ourselves with alcohol and drugs or food or shopping or whatever is idolatry Anything you're, you're looking to or depending on to kind of make you whole or get you through this is idolatry. So, so idolatry is when God alone isn't enough. In other words, you need, you need God plus something. C- can I just ask, what's the God plus something you need in your life today? Yeah, yeah, yeah God's good, God helps, but... I also need this. I'm not talking about Christian friends that pray with you. I'm not talking about the church that supports you. I'm talking about things in your life that you look to to escape, that that you look to to fulfill apart from God. What's the God plus in your life? God plus this. What's the thing that you won't give up? Because you feel like if you don't give that up, you're not going to escape. You're not going to experience fulfillment and meaning and joy in your life. What is that thing? It's an idol. It's taking the place of God. See, Scripture teaches us that it's supposed to be God plus nothing, God alone. God alone wants to walk you through your grief. He may use people. He may use other things, but God is your source of getting through your grief. God is your source of getting through your addiction. God is your source of getting through your loneliness. God is your source of getting you through heartache. God is your source of of getting you through a life that doesn't seem very fulfilled. God is the source of all of those things. And when when we seek another power or another source, it's idolatry in life. God plus nothing. So as I bring this to a close, let me ask you, if you're, just, if you're struggling, whether it's marijuana or something else, I pray you'll consider the scriptures that we talked about today. If, you, if there are people in your life that are struggling with marijuana, would you, would you think about these challenges, physical challenges, mental challenges, spiritual challenges of addiction and drunkenness, Sensuality, sorcery, drug use, idolatry. Talk to Christian people about the, talk to your kids about these issues. Even if you're not struggling with marijuana like you you probably aren't, let me ask you this Are you enslaved to anything except Jesus today? Are you addicted to something? Are you in bondage to sin? Is there something in your life that that if you were honest, you would say, I can't go a month without that. I I certainly couldn't go two months without that. I'm bound. Paul said it was for freedom that Christ set you free. It was for freedom that Jesus came to the earth to free you from the power of sin. If you're not walking in that liberty, that's, that's the plan of God and the purpose of God for your life. He wants you free today. He wants that yoke on your back broken so you can walk out in joy and freedom. He doesn't want you stepping into substitutes, false idols in your life, to try to find the strength and power that you need. God plus nothing. Again, I'm not talking about people that can help. I'm saying other things you're leaning into as a substitute for God. Are you medicating yourself with anything today to escape your pain and problems? God wants to walk you through the pain. The Bible talks about Christ as our deliverer. Man, friends, there's hope today. Man, I was bound up in alcohol. I was bound up in marijuana use. And 40 years later, I can say, Christ alone. Christ alone. Man, there is so much hope and so much power in the person of Christ, to break a shackle of anything in your life. Man, I am, I am free from that. What do you need to be free from today? Christ alone. Would you stand with me this morning? If you're here this morning and you need prayer for anything in your life, please come down. We're going to have folks to pray. If you need to surrender your life to Christ, give control of your life to Jesus, not to things, man, come on down. We'd love to have that conversation with you. Jesus, thank you for coming to the earth to destroy the works of the devil that we could be free, free from the power of sin, the control of sin. Thank you for the truth, Lord, that you give us in your word related to substance abuse, marijuana, alcohol, other things. Thank you for the hope we have in Jesus today to walk in liberty. I pray, Lord, that you would give us courage to step into conversations this week about this issue. Open the door. I pray this week somebody would come to us, and and as we talk to them, we'd realize they're struggling in that area, that that you might give us an opportunity to, to talk about it. We love you this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Before you leave, I got to answer the question: Would Jesus smoke weed? I think you know the answer to that: it's no. But you know what he would do? He'd, He'd walk hand in hand with people that are. He'd hang around them and offer them freedom. He wouldn't participate, but he'd be their deliverer. Have a great week. God bless you.